Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Coaches on the Couch. I'm Louise. And I'm Rachel. And today we're really pleased and quite excited because it means we've gone international to be joined by two directors of fast-growing architects practice, Hutchinson and Partners. In London, we have Ross Hutchinson, and in Berlin, we've got Jörn Rayback. As with all our guests, and it's lovely to see you actually sitting on your couches in two different countries, uh, we're going to start by finding out a little bit about your couch. So maybe we'll go to Ross first. Uh, yes, we actually have two. We have, actually have two couches. Uh, we invested invested heavily in, in 2008 in a pair of Jasper Morrison uh, Elan sofas um, that looked really good back then. Now look look pretty battered. They, they face each other across the living room, uh, but are now separated by by a big city of Sylvanian uh, toys, a toy town uh, in between. Um, so we, we don't often uh, see each other across the across the sofas. Um, and it sounds pretty antisocial having, having two separate sofas, but uh, it allows in our maturing years to uh, have the, the perfect reclined TV position, uh, we've found which is increasingly important. Very, very important. Thank you very much. And, and Jörn, how about your sofa? Or couch, sorry. The, it's, it's, it's a couch. Um, it's, it's our pride and joy. It's actually the first couch I've ever owned, to be honest. Uh, it's therefore, it's not that old though, if you uh, would think that. It's only about, not even a year old now, having spent the last 11 years pretty much in London on a, on a sofa that the landlord left behind. Uh, this is a bit of an upgrade here in Berlin now for us. So I'm very happy to be sitting on this one right now. <laughs> So we've got an old classic and a and a newer model couch. That's right. Yeah. Jörn's couch is very impressive. I can vouch for his couch. Ah, <laughs> fantastic. Thank you. So Ross, we first met when you were in your previous practice and you were thinking of uh, establishing what is now Hutchinson and Partners. And Jan, obviously we met when you joined Hutchinson and Partners, which I think was 2019 to lead the new Berlin office, having been working in London on a major mixed use scheme, which I think was also a collaboration with Hutchinson and Partners, right? Yes. Um, and amazingly, Ross, that meeting now was three years ago and the practice has grown to 35 people, um, three offices in London, Cardiff, and obviously Berlin, which is all pretty impressive. Thank you, Rachel. And I've been having a good look at your website and your work tends to be themed around sustainable urbanism and is very wide ranging, including small schemes such as six townhouses in Highgate to the refurbishment of the grade two listed 300,000 square foot Victoria house in Bloomsbury Square for labs and several large mixed use projects for a number of developers, including Sainsbury's property investments, Bannimore and St George. Uh, and of course, they're all this side of the English Channel. And um, we understand that you've recently been appointed on your first project in Berlin. So congratulations. I also saw on the website that you have some pretty strong um, values around social and environmental conscience and long term sustainability and working on projects that maximise the potential of the site. So proximity to transport and so on. And uh, it will be interesting, as maybe as part of our discussion to sort of talk about values and how they support resilience in an organisation. Okay, so that obviously brings us to our theme or double themes for today, which is courage and resilience. Um, and when Louise and I coach leaders, we frequently encourage people out of their comfort zones um, to achieve both learning and their 
whatever their coaching aims are. And we also talk about the courage that requires and the resilience, which is perhaps a sort of flip side of courage. And when I think about that concept, I always think about you guys at Hutchinson and Partners, you know, the timing of your Berlin office opening, your success growing during lockdown. Um, I would say sort of bold and ambitious. I just wondered if you could, you know, do you see it like that? Or is that the sort of external perception of, of you? How do you see things? I, I think it's nice to, to, to be considered as, as, as bold uh, and ambitious. I think it, it doesn't necessarily feel like that uh, at the time to us. I think there's, um, I think we're, we're quite heartfelt uh, and passionate uh, about things and, and I think we also just believe that uh, if something's worth worth doing it's, it's worth doing doing well um, it's, it's something we hold great store by and uh, that you only really have one life and, and that actually let's challenge ourselves uh, and do do the very best we can and be the very best we can be and uh, I think that we hold true to those principles in everything we do let's just try and do the very best but I think there's um, yeah, there's a, there's a thin line between striving for success and, and uh, fear of failure. And, and we find ourselves uh, sort of between the two, but um, ultimately just want to be, be the very best that we can. I think we have to ask, um, it's a question that's asked quite often in my household because my daughter lives in Berlin and has done for a couple of years. Why Berlin? So I have a, I have a German, German wife, uh, obviously a half German daughter uh, now as well. So when, when Brexit happened, it was a pretty, pretty, dark depressing it was a dark depressing day anyway uh, but it was a particularly dark depressing day in the Hutchinson household and we we wondered what we could do about it ourselves and we had the opportunity uh, of, of some space and time in 2018 just to start thinking about what we could do for the practice to take control of, of our own destiny rather than waiting for politicians to sort out what Brexit looked like um, and we, we, we started without um, a plan really other than just uh, passion and wanting to be connected to, to Europe and, and, and keeping that keeping that link really, um, especially to Julia's sort of home home nation. Um, so we had no business plan. It was on, on paper, it was completely stupid. We had no business plan, no clients, uh, just a just a wing and a prayer and, and, and a, a want to succeed. Um, so that was that was Germany, and then Berlin uh, is just an amazing uh, city, which you could probably. Uh, talk more about um, and, and just an amazing city and it's, it's full of architects uh, and very exciting and very dynamic. Something really interesting in what you just said there around we always talk a lot about um, a concept called locus of control and this sort of you know you can feel that things have been done to you almost this sort of external locus or you can get a grip and sort of take control of whatever action you take next and that sort of internal versus external locus of control sounds like maybe that internal locus of control kind of breeds that courage perhaps i think i think probably yes yeah i think it, it's you're right you either uh, it's sort of fight or flight isn't it and, and you um taking things in your own destiny ultimately is probably the best way of uh, control, controlling things and what was your connection are you from berlin yeah I, I know you mentioned that you've worked in london not from berlin no so berlin was a completely new discovery for me as well originally from Frankfurt, um, so around 650 kilometers south from here. And yeah, having spent the last 11 years from London, I was pretty much purged of my <laughs> German origins <laughs> in, in very many ways. So it's, it's really discovering really the country and, and, and the new city, which is, which is amazing opportunity. And we've been enjoying it very much so far. 
Yeah. And I know on your website you say something about, you know, people move very fluidly between the two cities, less so recently, one would imagine. Um, but the, the, there's no sort of a, attachment or sort of not too much um, kind of that's the Berlin office and that's the London office and that's the Cardiff office, but there's a fluid movement between the three. Was that a challenge during lockdown? Actually, I mean, from our point of view, it's it's actually a really interesting period because, uh, you know, seeing everyone sitting in their in their living room on their kitchen table with their laptops, similar backgrounds, uh, you, you can be anywhere in the world. And, you know, it, it's 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 completely taking the boundaries away between offices. It doesn't mean anything anymore. So uh, more, more than ever before, I think we're, we're just really kind of working functioning unit, which really can share resources across boundaries and and, and work jointly, which, you know, obviously technology has been incredibly helpful with all of that. And, and it's, it's been working a lot better than I think everyone expected. So it's, it's, it's been a good, good experience, I think. Good to hear. Well, one of the things we say about resilient organizations is that they've survived lots of difficulties and then bounced back into shape. That's the kind of traditional understanding of what resilience means in terms of organizational resilience and of course you guys haven't had chance to do that yet because you're still quite new and um, I was just I was just thinking when I was preparing for this that one of the things about resilient organizations is having a kind of fluid thinking rather than a concrete thinking which I thought was a nice architectural way to put it that you need to th think creatively and, and fluidly. And I wondered what you thought about that. Yeah, I, th I think architecture throws up so many different challenges from, from uh, resolving a plan through to, um, uh, yeah, every business strategy you can probably think of. It, it, you have a similar outlook and attitude, I guess, to everything. I think you have to be fluid and you have to be uh, responsive to all of those, those different situations. But I think gradually over time and we, we've uh, as a team we've sort of been together in, in one way or another for the last 12 years um, we have we've had to cope with quite a lot uh, in that time and, and to be resilient and um, so we've had a few corners uh, knocked off us but yes definitely creative thinking um, in, in all respects is, is, is absolutely key to, um, to, to, to survival and, and uh, responding to, to the different situations. We interviewed um, Nick Searle of Argent a couple of weeks before this will go out, and he talked about um, the importance of sort of setting a goal and not necessarily knowing the route to it. I mean, that sounds familiar to you guys, although I know that you have some strategic thinking around that as well. I just wonder what you thought about yeah, the difference between setting a goal and setting out without really knowing how you're going to get there and setting more of a strategy and a plan to get there and perhaps where you sit on on that. So yeah, we, we, we're, uh, we're very, very impressed when we see people with uh, five year business plan strategies and, and uh, being that organised. I think we, we know where we want to go to. I think we want to be the very best architects we can, back, can be. We want to contribute to society uh, along the way and uh, not just current society but uh, future future generations to come and that we our buildings leave a bit of a, a legacy um, so there's an overarching strategy I think there's sort of then smaller strategies as to how we um, uh, respond and, and find the opportunities uh, along the way well the thing about business plans of course is that they they um, tend to assume that the operating environment is going to stay pretty much 
the same <laughs> and that you can predict what the operating environment will be um, in five years time and and we're we're at the stage now where that's not going to be possible for quite some time so having a rigid business plan can actually be a bit of a limiting factor but i was just thinking you know of course as leaders one accepts that but how do you deal with the fact that you've got 35 people who work for you now uh, how do you deal with the fact that others look to you to address their uncertainties, that they're feeling uncertain and they somehow think that you're going to have, you're going to do, do they think that you're going to have all the answers? Yeah, so somebody once said to me that, that having a practice is, is a bit like flying a jumbo jet. You have no idea why it's up there or how it's up there, but it's, it's up there and, and, and just keep flying, uh, which, which is interesting. And they're, they're very success, successful structure engineers grown grown incredibly rapidly I, I, I guess as you as you go from and, and i've sort of run a practice now for since i was 35 now so 47 in that time you you pick up uh, i guess um various uh, various various skill sets and and i think you become more of a mentor as you uh, get older i think we we sort of pride ourselves on having a level of, of emotional intelligence and sensitivity towards um, the people that, that we work with um, and I think that's um, hopefully borne out in the fact that generally we, we, we hang on to people uh, and we value people. Um, and, and, you know, the senior team, uh, the, the, the main number of directors have all been together for 12, 10 years. Uh, and then we've brought in some, some great people to support us as well. So I, I don't know if they think I've got all the answers, but they're still with us. And, and therefore, I must have got some of them right uh, along the way. But I think you've got to listen uh, and uh, respond. I think we've got a clear way of, of, of the way we like doing things. But I think the, the, the COVID thing has really shown us. I was quite rigid about the whole work flexibility, uh, in all honesty, but I've, I've had my eyes opened um, by it. And I can see that we're going to take um, some of the, the things that we're doing now through to normal working procedures. So I think you, you can never, never be too fixed in your ways, I think. And not being fixed in your ways and managing to convince people that the uncertainty is a is a good thing if you're working as a team on it i think was what i took from that which is which is really good yeah really interesting i think to be honest we're all we're all quite excited by it it's um i think we are communicating we're not we're communicating really really well the, the 10 people who have come into the practice over the last uh, sort of six weeks, eight weeks, uh, all responding and they're, they're very encouraged about how we're able to keep a sort of a social life uh, going uh, during these times and feeling comfortable uh, working with us. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's positive. Do you think that the comfort with uncertainty is almost sort of part of your recruitment process? Do you yeah, I, I think it's really difficult for people to move. Obviously, there's people who have been furloughed or made redundant, but I think um, even though it's really difficult for people to know um, whether it's the right time to move or not. Uh, and I think what we like to do is let them know that um, we are a safe pair of hands. We've, we've uh, as we said before, pride, pride comes before a fall, but we've never had to make anybody uh, redundant. Um, which is a which is a hugely uh, yeah we're, we're privileged position to be in, um, but we like to make people know that uh, we have the work uh, and that we have other things to do. Even with the peaks and troughs of coming off work, we have our twelve sites project in Berlin, which uh, should have a lot more of the London office working on it than it does. Uh, and after twelve months, we we um, look we look forward to the opportunities of having some troughs in order to help Jörn and, and his team 
in, in, in a, what is a, an incredible research project. Tell us a little bit more about that. As I say, my my, my um, adult daughter lives in Berlin, so I have I have an awareness of the city, and it's quite it's it's. I mean, London's. I can't remember how many boroughs London's got now, but twelve distinct quite twelve quite distinct areas of the city in Berlin. So obviously, this was part of you sort of embedding yourself in in the new in this new city that you were going to be based in so maybe tell us a little bit more about that project and the thinking behind it yeah absolutely i mean pretty much as, as russ said earlier uh, you know there wasn't a business plan or like this this master strategy uh, uh, for for the remote office um the idea that kind of was born out of out of that not knowing what to do or how to approach the subject was was this is this research project 12 sites and um, it's just a way for us to structure our, well, the idea was to structure our first 12 months uh, here in this new city. So doing 12 projects in the 12 districts of Berlin in a 12 month period, um, and then wrapping that all up with a nice presentation at the end of the year. Um, now, obviously due to COVID, these timelines are slightly skewed, um, but we're still kind of pretty much, you know, working on these goals. But the project itself is, you know, it has, really proven to be an incredibly <laughs> successful tool for us again it's it's you know it, it no precedent for that kind of approach at least in, in my experience or, or i guess russ's history as well so we've uh, just embarked on this adventure of um just setting us goals trying to understand the city trying to build a network trying to talk to people um around certain subjects um but it's, it's a very very wide wide ranging field you know we we we're we're really kind of driven on being on a daily basis by local news by by stories we hear that we can follow up it's it's a very kind of flexible situation we we we're in and and that's kind of the luxury we have and but i think it's also the quality of the project that will come through here is it's 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 a very very pro approach which which really works in 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 the kind of the key criteria we've set us so we're really getting to know the city um, we're really, really starting to build a network with people. We're, we're coming across names twice now, you know, with people, how you connect. And <clears throat> this is all very kind of the, the, the encouragement that we have um, that actually it seems to be working. And, you know, having been able to, again, indirectly out of that uh, research and the work we're doing um, to land our first appointment and, you know, and, and more noises in the background that there is more coming and there's just opportunity all around us is is you know really puts a positive uh, light on this kind of adventure that we've set out on and um, it's really kind of encouraging for us to look into the future here in Berlin. So it's opened doors for you and built your network and it's um, made you more culturally and spatially aware of the city. Sounds, that sounds great and of course one of the things about a resilient organization is keeping that um, focus external because the tendency can be to everybody goes a bit inward looking uh, and puts up their defences and becomes very, you know, resistant to embracing things around them. It's, it's an interesting balance between London and Berlin because we we put a lot of work in 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 London to create documents, all those are things that for all the demands of clients and, and uh, planning documents. And I think we we, uh, we demonstrated that we we overdid it probably on our uh, on the project uh, to start off with. But it's interesting that that comparison between countries. And what's done differently in, in Germany, what are the regulations, it's, it's incredibly rewarding after sort of 20 years of working in London to just have another perspective and another horizon. And also just to uh, have, have our own uh, research project rather than just 
uh, always perhaps working for, for clients and developers. Actually, this is our own uh, thing that we can mould and, and take forward. I've got about 100 questions going through my head, but there's a couple of things that strike me. It's sort of in the absence of a plan, it strikes me that your sort of curiosity has put you in luck's way, as it were. So although it's not a, a really sort of definite plan with those stages, it's like a really broad framework that's allowed you to ex explore a city. So that was the first one, that sort of link with curiosity and courage, which I think is, is good. And the other one that just came to me then is lead you're talking about differences between um, London and Berlin or UK and Germany. I'm just wondering if there are differences in sort of leadership styles. In our, in our sort of team, senior team as we refer to it, I think there's all sorts of different leadership styles anyway. And I think Jörn, as, as with the other people who have uh, either been here for sort of 10, 12 years or um, have joined us recently and, and, and everybody we bring in is just incredibly talented, experienced people and Jörn uh, it's like that. And, and Jörn is very different to me, which is exactly what you want. It has the, we all have the same worth ethic, work ethic uh, and belief in what we're trying to do. But um, yeah, Jörn, I think in terms of leadership in, in Berlin, feel free to uh, uh, tell people a bit more about that one. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting one because, you know, I, I literally have spent the, the majority of my professional life in the UK. And coming back, you know, diving back into the German landscape of architecture and, and, and all of it. And it's, it's a learning experience all around, you know, for, for us, for me personally, again, um, and it's, but it's, it's, it's a very, very enjoyable approach. We, 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 the, the beauty is Berlin, I guess, in particular, is a very international city. You know, I guess that's, again, one, one thing to point out. Uh, it's, you know, if you would be in Munich, for example, in Germany, it would be a very, very different field and a very different environment, very different feeling. But we are in a very international place. You know, you hear more English in the underground than you do probably hear any other language, to be honest. And, and that is reflected in our team. You know, we have a very international team, uh, which also ties back to our, to our London kind of connection, obviously. It's, um, so in, in terms of leadership, I think it's, you know, it's, it's as, as Ross really said, it's, um, we, we all have our different styles. It's, it's about listening uh, very much, you know, especially in Berlin, because we are not, or, or to a smaller degree as a normal architectural practice driven by, by a client and a certain deadline. So we have a very fluid day-to-day uh, um, -day, uh, agenda and, you know, we're relying on everyone kind of to have their own curiosity in the project to to drive things forward it's it's because we don't have these set goals so it's it's just enabling that more than anything else it's it's you, the team has to really kind of it's it's a total team effort and leadership if anything should try to avoid blocking anything you know that comes kind of naturally in, in that process and i think that's what we're trying to do and i think it's been working um so far yeah I was listening to um, Simon Sinek the other morning, who also does a podcast. Um, I can't believe it's anywhere near as popular as this one. But <laughs> he was he was talking about courage, and he was talking about courage being a sort of external force almost, um, and comparing it to people. You know, people jump out of a plane because they've got a parachute on their back. Um, I don't know if I completely agree with what he was saying, but I guess you could liken the parachute to resilience. Um, I just wonder what you thought about that sort of balance between courage and resilience. Yeah, I, I think they're uh, two, two sides of a very similar coin, really. The, the, whether the courage comes from, from uh, 
from 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 whatever years of being being resilient. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably finding that one a bit difficult to answer. So yeah, but I'm just thinking it's almost like the the confidence, isn't it, to pursue something without. It's almost that that sort of I hate the phrase, but so it's like you're backing yourself because you know that you can almost find a way forward because you know you have done before. I've got, I've got Starship Enterprise running around my head, I'm sorry, but we've said boldly so many times to boldly go or to go, go boldly, whichever way you fall on the split infinitive thing, where no man has gone before. It's not quite where no man has gone before, but it is that kind of uh, heading, heading on um, with kind of confidence that you'll, you'll, you'll get somewhere, that there is a, a direction and that you'll get there. Yeah, I think it's 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 uh, a lot of it is, is what we we're saying at the beginning. It's, it's to do with uh, I guess I'm uh, a relatively driven person. Um, come from a, a long line of, of uh, workaholic perfectionists. So it's, it's almost like I don't know any other way other than uh, to, to to work myself into into any great. And, and I think that sort of um, I guess I, it, it's easier for me to go forward than it is to go to go back. So I think it's just uh, it's it's in me, I suppose, to, to drive things forward. And I think it is. You're going to lead us into Louise's favourite well, book. We certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite book at the moment. The thing about being a coach, particularly if it's your second or even your third career, which it is for me. I was I was in PR for a long, long time. Um, is that it's a constant. It's one of those one of those jobs where you constantly have to learn and that there is a book that I've been reading um, recently which is where did you learn to behave like that it's called it's a book that says that when we're working with leaders if we unpick the, the origin learn to work with the story of the leader we'll understand them a lot better and which is useful but not nearly as useful as them understanding themselves a little bit better from experiencing their story and one of our other guests recently has been um, Leanne Tritton from Ing Media and uh, Leanne was talking about the need that she felt to get her people back into the office and a lot of that was tied up with her feeling of at 17, 18, she didn't go to uni, she went straight out to work, she had no idea what a network was really and then she realised it was going to be incredibly important to have a network and to have a kind of wider working context and that's what she wanted for her team to kind of re-engage with that context around them rather than the built environment of their bedroom, as she put it. So I think Leanne's story, and you've just said that your own personal story has probably formed your style of leadership. But although I think that working yourself into an early grave is never to be encouraged. <laughs> no, no, which some of my wife does. But I think, I think it's also about the, the, the leaders, and it comes back to your point, the, the leaders that you've worked with, and I've been fortunate enough to uh, have, have tutors and then employers in, in um, the, the, the partners of HMM who uh, also have very different skill sets uh, and it is working in, uh, in, in practice with them so to, to being their uh, uh, tutors. Uh, incredible education really in, in um, how, to, how to be in practice and in projects and, and they have incredible self-belief and I think one, one of them once said to me they were 11 years in before they realised they had a viable practice which uh, I think gives you confidence because that uncertainty um, is, is we're all racked with that uncertainty and, and, and that's quite key I think another time another one of them said well if you if you manage to achieve that turnover for, for five years running then you can probably trust that you're going to get that turnover to a certain degree for another five years running you know, 
feel happy that there is this, this, this sort of thing going forward, which is a constant. So I think having the, the benefit of, of, of being able to learn, listen, and still being mentored and have the occasional chat with those guys is, uh, is really important, I think, to have, to have mentoring. How about you, Jan? What are your sort of um, early experiences and sort of role models and leading into your current your current style? I mean, I definitely very, very thorough and good education uh, in my professional life as well. Having the ability. So my, my first, you know, my first five years in the UK was I spent with Eliza Morrison. And, you know, that in terms of coming from from Germany, where, you know, architecture is predominant, your, your mid-sized practice when you're probably seven or eight people uh, in size uh, and then uh, joining Alice Morris in the first years and just just learning uh, um, a, a different kind of professional approach to 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 you know how to work in our field and um, take taking these lessons with me and then you know in the last six years spending um, with a former partner of Alice Morrison Tim McCower um, you know very closely um, setting up a, a new venture in the UK and um, just helping um, him establish kind of his goals was, was an invaluable experience now. You know, now we're doing it now in Berlin and we, we're trying to learn from our lessons and um, trying to apply all of that, you know, that we have kind of experienced in the past. Um, you know, for, for me, it's, it's the pattern of uh, kind of accepting the void or, or, or jumping into the you know, void uh, of kind of you know, breaking out of a kind of more out of a comfortable situation that kind of works perfectly but may not get you to the next level and you know try seeking that new adventure which which um, just person just on a purely personal level obviously can can you know bring you so much faster forward than you could have on in any other conventional route that you if you wouldn't have done that step and I think just just um, having it I guess done once or twice now in, in various circumstances just that that internal kind of knowledge of or, or confidence as well that you know it's it's it is a risky it's or there, there's a there's a curiosity there's there's courage involved in all of it but you know it um, it, it it can really work and, and, and it's really rewarding um, actually to just take on the challenge and, uh, and and pursue pursue those goals. I mean, I think I think Jern's, Jern ultimately is probably more courageous than I was because um, having having you know left a, a good job, uh, starting in a new city, uh, putting putting his trust in in, uh, in us that we had we, we wanted to start an office with no business plan. Um, Jern, Jern made many leaps of faith there and. and uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's matched, if not uh, outsurpassed, our own courage in setting up a practice. To be honest, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, I think it's it's has shaped everything you know I, I do, and and the way you know I kind of I'm, I'm embarking on this new adventure here. Incredible. A lot, a lot there about yeah. getting outside of your comfort zone, which is something that often, as I'm sure you can imagine, crops up in, in coaching. It's like you have to push outside of your comfort zone. You go into the fear zone and then you can go into the growth zone and then the sort of more comfort zone. Uh, and um, it's hard sometimes for leaders, I think, to appreciate that some people find it incredibly difficult to push outside of their personal comfort zone. Um, and it can be quite a challenge to... To, you know to encourage and support them to do so i feel that we're coming towards the end but we'll ask our final question which we ask everybody which is if you just give us a couple of thoughts on the future 
I think you know we're we're uh, sort of thoughts on the future for us in in with a Berlin perspective now from from my point of view here is uh, you know very very kind of encouraging and 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 bright uh, we we see you know um, the first year has been incredibly positive experience um, exceeded our kind of expectations of what we you know how how we could connect to a new place how we could. Um, um, grow our our kind of shallow roots and 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 you know just build the base uh, for for something bigger and um, that 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 these twelve reference months that we had now you know they they really um, I think give us the energy to uh, you know try even more you know push harder and and um, we I think you know we are as ambitious as we can be uh, you know we we do want to match the London office uh, and uh, I think. Um, um, yeah, the, the game is on. So you know, we're 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 really we're really excited. Yeah, <laughs> very competitive. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're we're excited, uh, and, and we are we're energized. I think um, who, who knows who knows what tomorrow brings. But I think if we can try and uh, bring that into our own destiny and just keep keep working hard to find the opportunities, it doesn't come to you on a plate. And I think we've got to enjoy the moment you're in as well, as well as, uh, you know, what can you plan ahead? Because it, it, it might not, so this might be the very best moment we have, but uh, I think I think it's bright uh, and, and I think we're energized and we're going to do our very best to, to be the best we can. Fabulous. I love that the very best moment might be a moment on Coaches on the Couch as well, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're, we're there coming to the end of our time together. So thanks so much for your time. It's been lovely chatting with you. Yeah, really good to meet you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Bye.